Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey, everyone. It's another week of Cinematics. This is episode 215. We have a lot to get to, which is a good thing for this week. We have, I, I'm just going to write, we have something called the Dirty South. And surprisingly, Bruce, you have nothing to do with the Dirty South, even though, w- would you be considered where you're, are you, would you consider your area the, the Dirty South? Or, or am I just getting ahead of myself with inaccuracies? I don't know what the dirty part of Dirty South is, but I guess you're going to tell me. I mean, I'm definitely in the South, so, and, but I tend to take showers pretty regularly so i'm not too dirty pretty no, no. i'm the dirty asian it's been about a, a day since i've taken a shower eric holmes is bruce perky part of the dirty south i would say like the, the, the light dusting south i think if that's <laughs> the thing I, I gotta get those rim shots ready very very funny stuff from eric holmes there's other movies called share not c-h-e-r there's share s-h-a-r-e with a question mark bruce and eric did see that and then there's another movie called it's a Wonderful Knife. Some really good stuff. Finally, Bruce and Eric saw this movie called Manodrome, another movie I missed out on. I'm about halfway through it. Eric, hold on to me. I'm going to put my hand out to your chest right now. You're just going to relax. Just don't don't open your eyes. Close your eyes. Just fall. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you, are you in a... Okay. Oh, very good, Eric. You're in a peaceful state. That has to do, by the way, with Manodrome. Bruce and Eric will talk about whether the movie works or not. This headline by Jesse Eisenberg. Finally, Anatomy of a Fall, which Bruce has been champing and chomping and champing at the bit to talk about for the last couple of weeks. Who knows if they're going to talk about spoilers down the road? We don't know. Bruce, anything? How's last week been? Anything to update us or promote or just talk about before we get into the features? No, I mean, it's been a good week. Lots of movies. I mean, we have some pretty good recommends this week, too. Uh, we do have a box movie finally this week. Okay, back to that. So try to keep that up. I did post on the cinematics page if anyone hasn't checked recently i pinned up a post of all of the movies currently in the box and asking for more submissions and i have a few in the pending to go in the box and i only don't show them until i actually literally write the pieces of paper and throw them in the box but yeah that's about it lots of good movies this week bruce has or think... lots of movies this week let's see if they're well, all good well lots of movies this week and i think you're you've been hard at work like you said curating this list which i think is at least over 60 right now it's on on our google doc i have to put it on our site findyourfilms.com and eric you got that idea from the director of shot in the arm can you just do a little recap what was it scott hamilton kennedy is that his name he he gave you that idea i just put everything on the website right well he meant he mentioned it as if we had already done it like of course you've already done this in my head i'm like we have not (laughs) done that but that's a great idea that is so i'm so Listeners, this is a way to engage ourselves. Look, Bruce and Eric have been holding that water for the last several years. I believe What's in the Box was part of the Find Your Film ecosystem before we, right, Bruce? We, yeah, we I've been moved doing it, it over. for at least two years, if not three, I think. If not so, three. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. My money's on th- at least three years, Bruce. So Bruce and Eric, have, they've been really holding that water for as far as, think about it, a, What's in the Box pick every week. We haven't had really, I don't think we've, last three years, guys? Have we taken a week off? Have we ever? Oh yeah, there's been a few weeks off. I think what we the goal is, I think right now is to do do one every week except the week that we do the Patreon. Yes. Movies. So yes. you're gonna miss one movie from the box, but if you're a Patreon member, 
you're going to get two movies in the Patreon feed. So, hey, look at that. See, we're gonna, value added. <laughs> we're going to get to the Patreon in a second. Hold on one second. Mom, can you get my, uh, our dog here, the dog here out of the, while we're taping the podcast? Come here. Can you, oh, he's downstairs. Okay. Can you close the door? I, I think it's my, my men. I thought the dog was right behind me. I'm, I'm suffering some kind of Kafka-esque nightmare. Not this time, not a You Kafka know what you call that when you think there's a dog behind you and it's not there? What? It's a ghost dog, of course. <laughs> dog. Or maybe I'm thinking like Harvey, but but a dog, but, but a dog's tail. Force Whitaker's trying to assassinate That's Greg. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, if Force Whitaker's trying to assassinate me, guess what, Eric? Daisy Ridley's trying to shoot Bruce Berkey. Bruce, then you tell our listeners yeah. what, hap- what happened today. In- inadvertently, by the way, I apologize for that. Uh, you posted my my review of the Marsh King's Daughter, as if I remember correctly the title. And you had the little graphic, uh, I don't know, title title screen there for the video and it she's like poised right above me with the gun pointed at my head it's like i think that portends to my review of that movie even though i gave it i think a mildly positive review so you you did you gave it three stars and i have no idea why you did that i'm not smart enough or evil enough to do that but mm-hmm. i'm glad you okay you don't believe me yes i i'm a degenerate liar we'll see if i i'll let you listeners figure out whether i made that on an intentional level before we get to our features eric How's your last week been? Have you interviewed people? Are you going to interview people down the road? What's going on in your life generally within the last week? No new interviews, but we do have the week before we did a lot. So there's some bank that are coming out. We got uh, interviews with uh, Dirty South and the two uh, directors of Love Virtually, which we'll also be covering. And then we got, uh, oh, geez. Oh, you have some down got the Jonathan Quartos interview that needs to yeah. go up. We can yes. get, yeah, we got yeah, we got a bunch of them. And yes, then we, we got your lucky day. Wait, not your lucky day. There's one other director who did that movie on the boat or something like that. That you see if you can or something. With yeah, Ed get Harris. out if you can. Get out if you can. And Which, actually, he's on he's on uh, the Force Five podcast this week. Okay, check yeah. out check out the Force Five podcast. I forgot the name of the director. I apologize. Yeah, uh, but- Terrence Martin. Terrence Martin is on yeah. the Jason Kleberg's Force 5 podcast. I believe it's Force 5, correct, Bruce? Force 5 podcast. Is that the correct moniker for that? Do you guys like that, the Jason's podcast? Yeah, 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 I like it a lot. Jason's a really great guy. I love him, and I love that podcast. Very academic, fun. Jason is in his lane as far as the cinema he really adores. I think I have a brothers in arms regarding a lot of his love for 80s, 90s movies. So, But he has a wide expanse of film knowledge, and he has some great guests on his episode so check out the force five podcast with terrence martin this week and eric is actually if you're listening to the audio podcast he's giving me the evil eye because he interviewed terrence martin about a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yeah, that's very, good. very very good eric and we're definitely eric we're gonna get terrence martin on our cinematics podcast feed next week but again for this week we'll all we'll also have another set of interviews coming for you on friday before we go again to the featured interviews Eric, what is your pick for, I believe, for this month's Patreon? We're doing the year 1996. What was your pick for this mm-hmm. month? Or is it still in limbo because the movie you were trying out did not work for you? I really want to do Project Alf. Project Alf. I, you really I didn't know that to... was 1996. And my brother my brother found it like a couple weeks ago. He's like, did you know they made an Alf movie? I'm like, no. And then uh, I'm looking up 1996. <laughs> I was like, I'll have to check that out at some point. And I'm checking out 1996 because I was thinking like uh, Tromeo and Juliet or Barbed Wire. And Barbed Wire, like you can find it for free and, you know, not so good sites. Otherwise, you'd have to rent it for like three bucks, which might be fine. 
uh Tromi and Juliet I think is streaming uh but then I came across Project Alpha and I was like oh that came out in 1996 and Martin okay. Sheen's in it and Lynn Shea is in it hmm we might have to do Project Alpha okay we might have to are you leaning so are you are you, going you know to what official... we're, we're doing we're doing Project Alpha okay we're gonna do Project Alpha okay yeah. so Project Alpha I, there is no round of applause. I refuse to put that sound effect there, Eric, because <laughs> this might trump trash humpers. But again, we're talking about people's lanes in movies. Eric has different lanes, and maybe we will tra traverse something interesting with Project Alf. If you are a Cinematics Patreon member, you get to choose the second movie, and I'll get on that on our Patreon this week. I, I, I'm trying happen. to get the feeling that whenever it's my turn to pick for the, the year, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all fairness to your choice of trash humpers, I thought that was actually a worthwhile experience. So no matter what anyone says. So Bruce, would you concur on that? The, the worthwhile experience? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now let's get to worthwhile experiences in the cinema as part, as far as featured movies. I have this horrible situation where around this time, I get so nervous for movies to cover next week. I end up in the morning just mass email bombing a bunch of PR people. One of the first requests I got was this movie called Share. And again, I apologize. I do not know anything about this. I foisted the the links to Bruce and Eric to watch it, just like force feeding them movies. Bruce, can you start off with some kind of plot synop, and then maybe Eric will give uh, his sure. thoughts on share? Maybe I guess. Yeah. Sure. Ho uh, I might look on IMDb to make sure I don't get names wrong because I have a tendency to do that. Share question mark is the name uh, directed by Ira Rosenweig. The main actors in this are Melvin Gregg, Alice Braga, which I assume is the daughter or maybe granddaughter yes. of Sonia Braga. Sonia Braga. So the daughter of, and I uh, believe I could be wrong. Eric, you can correct me because I love when you correct me. I think she pronounces her name Elise Braga. I could be wrong because I've interviewed be, her before. That could be true. That I don't know. Either way, either pronunciation is fine, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll ask Elise Guy Blaché how she pronounces it. <laughs> um, yes. And then uh, Brad, <laughs> yeah, Bradley Whitford, uh, which we probably all know pretty well from lots of things. This is one of those movies that looks like it could have been a COVID movie, but it also has a strong Black Mirror kind of vibes. Like this seems like one of those, it's a high concept kind of a, a movie. And basically the idea is it starts out with this dude in his underwear, waking up in this kind of blank room. You don't know if it's a prison cell or what it is. And you are looking through kind of this old style DOS style computer screen. So you can see the little cursor prompt like superimposed over the front. Like you're looking through that at him and he's looking back through it. And you can see when he types something, the words backwards, right? So you can see at some point it says share question mark. And he's like, what does this mean? So it's, it's kind of like one of those old games. If you're old like me, you remember these old text games where you try to type in and figure out what you need to type to try to make something happen. And he's doing that in this, you know, like, you know, help, uh, who is this? Uh, let me out, all these kind of things. And, you know, most of them are getting no response. And then Invalid eventually- command. Invalid yeah, command. <laughs> that kind of thing. And eventually, if I remember correctly, and, and Eric can chime in, I think something happens like he either falls down accidentally, he does something and a couple numbers appear on the screen. Like he just got some points. He's like, oh yeah, he what? does a handstand and trips and, and like he, hurts he falls. his arm. And it's like, it's like beep, beep, beep. And he gets like a couple points. So it's one of these things where it's almost like the uh, rat in the cage trying to figure out what feedback will get them food. Well, in a sense, he has to figure out what he has to do to get points and then slowly figure out, well, what are points going to get him? Can he use those points for something? 
and it becomes this kind of uh as we're watching him the viewers are also learning like how this world works it doesn't just stay well it stays pretty much alone with him in this room although you eventually get other feeds interacting with his feed so you start to understand that there are more people in the same predicament that have been there at different amounts of time and you slowly start to uncover the possible rules to the situation that's kind of the premise does this feel like a very uh, a low budget indie situation with a really good like you said high concept because of of its idea that they were able to get these actors involved in a low seemingly a low budget production I, I would guess so i mean it doesn't look like they would have to spend a ton of money to produce what they produced but it doesn't seem i, I guess it's hard to describe sometimes you see low budget movies and they look super like like what would have been quote straight to video right in the old days this this seems like it's it's low budget but they're using the budget wisely it doesn't look super cheap to me it's just that they they use their budget to the best of its abilities i would say well, well eric that sounds like a great plot did you end up kind really of, enjoying this movie or oh yeah uh kind of similar to cube where uh cube they just had the the one room and they had lights on it so they can make it different colors so it, it feels like it's bigger than it actually is they just have the one room but you know they dress it different put a different actor in there and it seems like it's bigger than it is and bruce was saying that we have to figure out this world or they have to figure out the world that they're in i think the main point of the movie is that they've already figured out the world that they're in because it's our world as well. It's, it's definitely a mirror of that, especially like uh, content creators or uh, just going on a job. Like, you know, you do, you know, does a handstand hurts himself and gets points. Cool. Now I can use those points to buy food and you just like, all he can afford is dog food. And it's like, and then when they start getting more points and they start buying more stuff, it's kind of like, we got we got to see what they had to do to get that and then like how they throw it away on like these frivolous things sometimes it's it's like uh hey that uh you know that that nice shirt you got was it was was it worth landing on your head for that so it's got a it's got a lot of like social message in it Bradley Whitford is well Melvin Gregg he's like the main guy in this and then him and Bradley Whitford kind of become friends like they're streams get kind of connected and they become friends Brad, Brad bradley woodford's always great elise braga i i really only recognize her from i am legend didn't really like that movie but i like her in it and i like her in this and then daniel campbell she's like a, a what would you say like a only fans kind of sort of thing in there yeah she definitely has got like all the points because she's always doing like yoga in tight fitting clothes and yeah. <laughs> getting the, getting the views basically uh, one of the, one of the things I really like about this is, um, and don't want to spoil it, but I thought the ending was not as revelatory as I thought it was going to be, but it really worked with what they were trying to kind of what they were saying throughout. There's a thing that happens, and a thing that Melvin Gregg does. It's like, yeah, that's that's probably how that would go in real life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bruce. I think Eric really enjoyed this movie. Do you concur? I liked it overall. It was it was pretty solid. I I think we talked about the the cube or cube. I guess it is. I would probably compare it also to the platform. Mm -hmm. I think it has a lot a lot of I guess not in exactly in format, but in I guess thematics because the the platform is a lot about like social stratification and what you have to do to survive and all this kind of stuff. This is almost like what if YouTube was reformatted and YouTube decided like well if you want to be a YouTuber 
<laughs> we're going to kidnap you in the middle of the night and put you in a, in a room. And now you have to really decide if you want to be a, a content creator that gets a <laughs> lot of views. What's this going to happen and look like? Sort of like that. I, I kind of disagree slightly with the way the ending goes. Only in, and I can't say what happens, there's one decision he makes where I was kind of yelling at the screen. And I, I, I feel like that was really frustrating. And I know it's supposed to be frustrating. And I don't know if that character would have quite done what he did, did what he did. Did. I don't mind using my bad grammar here. <laughs> I don't think he would have done what he did. But, uh, and that aggravated me a little bit, but still, I think it's a solid movie. Really, a solid, like, consolidated, concise concept type of movie kind of played out. I think that works well in that aspect. Okay. I would, well, I, I would argue that he would do what he did. Yeah, you're probably and, right. <laughs> and, and because of. Um, it drives me crazy, though. Think of like uh, uh, Brooks and Shawshank Redemption. I think there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, I oh, think you're right. So, okay, that's not a spoiler, right? No, no, just, just no, like, no, not really. Nah, not not really. Okay. It's just it, no. Okay, so share the question one. What is your rating on it, Eric? Um, I'll probably go uh, four stars. Okay, four stars. Maybe four. Maybe kind of only now four and a half. I'll I'll go four, but this one was really good. Okay, Bruce. I'll go three and a half. Three and a half? Okay, so three and a half stars for share from Bruce Berkey and four stars from Eric, leaning towards four and a half. It's currently out in select theaters, but it will be available on digital and VOD come November 10th. Actually, November, I put November 3rd here, but it's actually November 10th. Next up is a movie called, oh, by the way, this movie coming up is only in theaters on November 10th. It is called it's a Wonderful Knife, obviously, because the moniker is a takeoff on the Frank Capra classic, It's a Wonderful Life, headlined by oh. Jimmy Stewart. Right, yeah, like Eric Suck. I, yeah. I, I thought it was from the uh, the porno, It's a Wonderful Knife. <laughs> oh, okay, very good. Okay, okay. You're humoring me again, Eric. I love that. But this is directed by Tyler McIntyre, the director behind Tragedy Girl. So I was really interested to see if this movie worked. I love, I don't know about you, Eric or Bruce, I really loved Okay, so you're shaking your head. Tragedy yes. Girls, both Bruce and Eric loved it. I loved it as well. Does It's a Wonderful Life reach those levels? I mean, it's hard because I really love Tragedy Girls, so it does not. But I think this movie stands on its own as a very entertaining film. It centers on this woman named, young girl named Winnie, not too young. Actually, is she, she's like what, teen? Teenish, teener, teenager, Winnie. Yeah, she could be like 19 to 21, somewhere in that range, I Around think. Around that so. range. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Yeah, so Jane Woodup, that's the actress she plays Winnie, and she saves the town from a serial killer, a, a masked serial killer with a white mask, and you're thinking, giving me some Wes Craven scream vibes, right? But one year, she saves some people. There's one, Someone gets killed. I'm not going to spoil it, even though you see in the trailer who gets killed. Someone gets killed. It causes Winnie trauma. A year later, she's still considered a hero because of what she did by killing that killer. But her family is acting like everything is okay. They're, it's not like they're ignoring her, but they're just trying to move on with their lives. Her father's played by Joel McHale, and everyone is just sort of into living the small town. They live in a really beautiful, idyllic small town. And it seems that the tragedy from a year before isn't hasn't really even been processed by anyone in town except her. So she wishes... One night she wishes that she would pretty much had never been born and whatnot. And you pretty much see what happens. All of the plot machinations she gets sort of, I'm not going to say who's her guardian angel, but she eventually sees that the town 
when she starts to sort of socialize with other people or try to talk to other people, they don't know who she is. And the rest of the movie has her trying to go back into her real existence because if she, if she does not exist, that serial killer actually, whether he or she is a serial killer, that person continues to wreak havoc on the town. Okay, so life in this small town is really not as good without her. And it's sort of like it's a wonderful life with slasher vibes. Let's see if it works. Eric, you didn't see it, right? You didn't get to I, I don't know if you'll you'll enjoy this movie. Bruce, I, is this an oh, I, I started watching it. I got like a uh fifteen minutes. I'll I'll watch the rest of it tonight, but digging okay. it so far. The okay, ju- ju- it. Justin Long was like, that guy looks like Justin Long. Oh, that is Justin Long. All right. But I, I haven't really watched enough to to make heads or tails of it yet. Yeah, very good, Eric. And yeah, Justin Long is the corrupt what mayor or politician. He's a sort of the potter of the town, right? He's he wants the to local a hole. Yeah, he like. wants to. Yeah, exactly. He wants to turn the town into his own Pottersville, right? So, Bruce, your thoughts on it's a wonderful knife. Well, this is. I don't know if there's becoming a weird subgenre now, but this uh, Hallmark Christmas movie but the horror version of it kind of sort of, sort of they're still kind of had the light flavor but they also have a little bit of horror going on i thinking back a couple of years ago we had a uh, satan's little helper which is also a pretty good one or not it's a satan's little helper wait no 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 letter letters to satan claus i think is what it was because <laughs> the girl writes the letter to santa but she accidentally writes it to satan so then a the whole thing goes wrong anyway that one's pretty fun too i had a lot of fun with this honestly i did not expect to and it starts out, like you said, like generic slasher, but then the slasher issue is resolved in what, f- seven, eight minutes or something of this movie, right? She right. kills the slasher. And uh, first of all, I like that beginning because you have the, all the, the slasher tropes, but I started noticing right away, like this slasher's not very good. <laughs> They're kind of clumsy and then immediately they get killed. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then I really uh, started warming up to it when... She makes her wish. She doesn't exist anymore. And now she's in this town, this alternate reality of the town where she never existed. And the killer is still running amok. It's a year later, or this new reality. And I love how everything's just really gone to hell. (laughs) Like the idyllic town, like, you know, everything's boarded up. People are just literally smoking crack and stuff. And people have just kind of gone off the deep end. And then not giving away any huge things, but in the first act where she was in the old reality, there was kind of a weirdo nerdy girl that liked her, wanted to talk to her and just got shunned aside by her, just like everyone else shunned this weird girl aside. And then in the new reality, she has to team up with the weirdo girl. And that kind of relationship as it went through the whole movie really, I think added a lot of charm to it. I think if it had been just her, it would have been pretty good, but having this kind of team up and this kind of, back and forth between them it kind of became this buddy slasher comedy christmas movie and i really i really ended up enjoying it quite a bit yeah i i liked it i i think i'm so so i was surprised bruce because i felt when you said the fusion of the hallmark and the slasher i just thought you were going to pan the living you know what out of this movie and <laughs> you ended in a up, good mood <laughs> i think you ended up liking it maybe a tinge more i i enjoyed it to me it was a straight down the line entertaining film i love the capra-esque construct and i agree pretty much on every single note i just feel like maybe i didn't love it as much as you did but i still enjoyed it so for me it's just a three and a half out of five solid recommend to check it out especially if you are a fan of tragedy girls and if you are a fan of that fusion of that sort of 
light hallmarky take with a little bit of a slasher vibe. I think it's a, an interesting fusion. But yeah, three and a half out of five for me. What is your rating, Bruce? I'm, I'm still three and a half on this one too. Okay, I, cool. I think it's solid, but I mean, if I'm going to go see a horror movie or probably even a horror Christmas movie, this may not be exactly where I go. But if I'm in the mood for kind of a light, fun Christmas movie that has just a little bit of slasher in it as well, this is probably where I'm going. And if I want a little bit of zombies, then I'll go to Anna and the Apocalypse, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. And in the, I still have yet to see Anna and the Apocalypse. Eric, is that a great movie, Anna and the Apocalypse? Would you highly recommend that as well from your recollection? I don't know if I saw that. Oh, maybe you haven't. I think that that sounds like an Eric Holmes movie, right, Bruce? Maybe, possibly. Maybe. And, it's also a musical, so I don't know if that would throw him off. But, oh, yeah. I definitely didn't see it then. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely didn't see it. One movie, oh, by the way, as far as It's a Wonderful Knife, that's only, again, only out in theaters on Friday, November 10th. Something that Eric Holmes definitely did see is a film called The Dirty South. It's written and directed by Matthew Yerby, and the IMDb summary goes as such. Quote, when the small-town big shot goes after the deed to her family's bar, a bartender takes extreme measures to keep it. Now, the big shot is played by Dermot Moroni. He is the big wig in this. Again, it's another small town, and he's pretty much the rich guy. He's trying to buy up every piece of land in the area to become this really powerful mogul in his that small neck of the woods. Willa Holland plays the bartender who's trying to keep the family bar from being bought out, and it looks like she's pretty much behind the eight ball until a mysterious, not a drifter, this just mysterious man. He comes into town, he comes into the bar with two girls. Two girls eventually leave and leave him. But the Shane West character, he sticks around. He's sort of a pickpocket, a thief. And she, this bartender, her name is Sue Parker, she decides to team up with this thief. Again, played by Shane West. His character's name is Dion. So Sue and Dion go on a mission to get enough money within several days to pay off, to actually um, make sure that the bar doesn't get permanently bought by this really evil, capitalistic dude, again, played by Dermot Moroni. That is the premise of the Dirty South. Also, the Sue's, Sue has a younger brother. She she also has a, a mom who abandoned her. She has a father who is pretty much an alcoholic, and he makes a lot of bad decisions. So it's a slice of, I don't know how to describe this movie, Eric, as far as the genre. Is it crime is a drama or what if, uh, it's, it's kind of similar to like winter's bone or devil's peak it's kind of like a kind of like a small town thriller i guess sort it. of but that, but that's but it. then but then with with the bartender and her dad like trying to get him sober and like you know she's got like a lot of family stuff she's trying to deal with it's i, I think probably winter's bone would probably be the the closest kind of this you know closest comp to it i guess because I couldn't really put a pop, like my finger on the specific tone, the fact that just this movie was fun and it surprised me. And it's a movie that I'd actually watch again. I like seeing Dermot Moroni play total a-holes and he's good in this movie. I just thought that it was just an unexpected film. And it felt like you and I both interviewed Matthew Yerby on separate occasions. And I asked him, does this movie, it felt like even though it's a genre piece, it felt like a very personal movie. Because it felt like the filmmaker knew the area. And yes, he did grow up around that area or at least knew it very well. So I felt a good connection to this movie. And I had a really good time watching it. How do you, how do you feel about this film? Yeah, uh, same. Although I think I mentioned it in the interview. It's like, are these the people you grew up with? Because these are terrible people. 
it's like wow you know the 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 whole vibe of the area i guess they not all like that but yeah i, I guess like if you live amongst a bunch of good people that wouldn't make for a very interesting movie so you gotta kind of crank crank up the heat as far as the a-hole quota goes but otherwise yeah it, I, I mean i thought it was pretty decent kind of one I, I don't think it was as good as winter's bone but it, it's kind of probably closer to Devil's Peak. And I think I like this one a little better than Devil's Peak. So that, that'd probably be where I put it. I just have one complaint about this movie and it has to deal with the ending. And you guys will, listeners, I have the ending. Matthew, you'll be talking about the ending in detail. And that will be available for our Cinematics Patreon listeners. Have to put that up later this weekend. I don't, Eric, I guess I'm not going to ask you what you thought of the ending because we might get really into spoiler territory, but even that, I still really had a great time watching The Dirty South. And again, just I, I felt the personal personal vision within this low-budget indie kind of fair. Four stars for me. I was surprised. The Dirty South. Eric, yeah. what about you? Um, I'd probably go three and a half. Probably could probably could bump up to four stars, but I I do like the the filmmaker, and I I mean this is like the first really anything he's done. He's uh, acted in some shorts. This is like the first thing he's done, and I'm definitely uh, definitely excited to see him. I hopefully he gets to make more movies and kind of kind of grow because I get a uh, this is a good uh, good jump out of the gate, so to speak. Yeah, definitely great great uh, really good jump out of the gate. Again, Matthew Yerby, very talented filmmaker. Three and a half stars from Eric Holmes, four stars from me in theaters on digital and on demand on Friday, November 10th. And unfortunately, I am sad because I'm only halfway through Manodrome. I don't know. I, I hate to say it. I, I'd like to say, please join our Cinematics Facebook group. Yes, please. We have some great daily movie recommendations and we have giveaways there. We have some great insights and I love the Cinematics Facebook group. But I, I feel there's a, a manodrome vibe with our Facebook group. No, the guys are really nice. They're sweet and, and thoughtful. Okay, <laughs> except but they're not, I'm only halfway through. I'm not only halfway through it. Why are you here, Ralph? I lost my job. The baby's gonna be here pretty soon. No respect. What do you do with those feelings? You know, you could be a part of our family. I know some guys, they like to help out guys like us. What, they're like buddies of yours? This actor wants me to get a bunch of tests. Tests are so expensive. Do you still want to go through with it? The other guys, like they live with you? Just like regular families, except regular folks don't get to choose their family. <laughs> we do. How would that work? Depends on you. Why do we make ourselves so much smaller than we are? Pain. That holds us back. Take back your power, Ralph! Welcome, Ralph. Son, man and drone. But what if I'm just broken? You have to raise an army inside yourself. Baby, you really gotta tell me what's going on here. Watch out for yourself, okay?
is no god, but Rome. What you decide will be the only thing there is. But this is, let's just say this movie is, I, even though I'm halfway done, all I know is it centers on Jesse Eisenberg. He plays an Uber driver. Not the Jesse Eisenberg who's playing Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network. No, he is totally jacked up. He is working out. And you're surprised at how, not big, but just very muscular and toned Jesse Eisenberg is in this role. And he doesn't play a smart, manipulating kind of person. He's a little bit slow on the uptake. He's a dumb, manipulating type person. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Odessa Young, I believe, I forgot what movie that you really love. I got to, Odessa Young, she started in a movie that Bruce loved from a couple of years back. I'll look it up. She plays the, his lover, his his soulmate, supposedly, and she's pregnant. So Mothering this Sunday. Right, what? Was that Mothering Sunday? Yes, Mothering Sunday. She was oh, a star of Mothering yeah, Sunday. Right. Yes, Odessa Young. She's very, very talented actress. Don't know where her character goes. Again, I'm only halfway through it. But ultimately, he's very frustrated. He's worried about the, the impending baby, supporting his lover, supporting, I'm assuming, the rent. And he's just an Uber driver. He lost his job. And he finds sort of literally a group of brothers, a group of men who are just beating their chests to, and they're all for each other. There's a lot of male bonding, a lot somewhere in a, I don't know, upstate somewhere. I think is it maybe Bruce up somewhere upstate. They have a, a nice um, home. They're staying at Incel Mansion. That's where they're staying. <laughs> and the le- the leader of these men is played by Adrian Brody. He's very charismatic. And he gets these men under the wing. And it's a community that, for lack of a better word, if they're, ca- they're calling women a lot of slurs, a lot of bad names, starting with the C word, there is a lot of misogyny involved. And... There's a lot of just, uh, I, I don't know how to describe these, these network of men, but ultimately Jesse Eisenberg's character gets involved with these men and maybe to to find some kind of direction in his life. We'll see where that direction goes again. Okay, Eric, how far did I, did I go far enough for Manodrome? I'm really enjoying it so far. Why don't you pick up the pieces, what I, what I left out and your overall thoughts on this movie? Well, I'm kind of concerned that you're enjoying it. But, uh, <laughs> it's de- it's definitely a good movie. But... He's converted. He's converted, actually. Oh, well, in that case, I, I won't say anything. It's, it's cool, Greg. It's cool. <laughs> you you created fire and you'll take it back. I, I get it. I love that scene. I saw that scene, yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> this kind of reminds me a lot of like uh, something like a fight club but not as fun or like american history x where you kind of uh, get to follow people that are kind of deplorable for the most part and then become more so or like even like a uh a gangster movie something like like dead presidents you know he comes back from the war and life's not going the way he wants it to so he's got to get involved in some things that he wouldn't have otherwise this is a little different than and that uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character probably fit right in, uh, does fit right into this whole uh, manadrome thing. It's definitely tough to watch. And the ending goes almost exactly where you think it would. You know, when, it, when you're in a downward spiral and your support system's a bunch of incels, I mean, how, how great can it end for you? 
probably not well. Wow. Okay, Bruce. Manodrome. Worth it? First, worth your first time? First of all, while you were describing that group, I caught a thought, like, maybe you could describe them as the prideful boys. They're, they're the prideful boys is what they are. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, no, this is a very rare movie for me. So you know how we have the three star bangers? The, it's like a genre piece or a piece that really hits its mark, but it may not be considered like a, quote, good movie or like a high art movie. Like it's a, you know, it's an action movie that really does what it does great. And we give it a three star banger sometimes. This to me is a very rare movie because I think this exactly hits the opposite of what it wants to hit. I think it's exactly terrible at what it's trying to do. So this is absolutely a one star banger for me right out of the gate. One star banger. Because this, this movie is so over the top in its dourness. It presents this world that's like, like over, <laughs> it's ridiculously oppressive, but in a way that doesn't feel authentic to me. This movie feels all the way around inauthentic now i could be totally wrong maybe this guy the guy who made this and wrote this movie and directed it came out of a world of men's rights groups or men's i don't know what you want to call this kind of group it doesn't feel like like it to me it feels like someone from the outside looking in kind of in the same way like sometimes you get those movies we talked about recently where it's a like a high school or teenage experience movie but it feels like it was written by a 50 year old dude and it just doesn't feel like they're trying to throw in like Yo and bro, there's a lot of bros in this movie, and um, uh, also I think it's uh, I know I know Jesse Eisenberg is trying so hard, but he I think is so woefully miscast. To me, this is like <laughs> if you took you know Schwarzenegger and said like you're gonna make this really realistic gritty movie about the uh, the the pains of a nerdy kid in childhood, and he's like this cut you know, Schwarzenegger from the '80s, but you didn't play it for laughs. That's kind of what this movie's like. Because I can never take him seriously, uh, Jesse, in this role. He's not cut. He's kind of lumpy. <laughs> They've got this fake red hair he does dyed this. on him. He does the whole thing. Oh, he, he does it, but he doesn't look it. I mean, you just wow. see him standing next to the other people. He, <laughs> it's just so over the top. This movie is oh. so ridiculous. <laughs> Bruce is a I negatory mean, on the musculature. They, of... they even give him like, okay, even like I've made fun of the Proud Boys, right? But like, what is this big thing? Like, come on, dude, do it. You want to buy this polo? You can buy this polo. Here, buy this gold polo. It's $200. You can do it. Be a man. Buy this polo. You know, and that Proud Boys have their whole little polos. It's, it's, I, <laughs> it's so bad. This movie is, uh, the other thing about this movie that's, it's, it's ridiculous. I could just go on the beats that are so funny. There's a whole, like. Was it trying to be ridiculous because it, no, to I don't think so. That's why it's a one star banger. I think this movie is deadly serious. I think it's trying to say it's exposing the toxic masculinity of America today and what it means to be kind of like in this incel mindset and like look at the day. It's like, it's like a cautionary tale. Sure. I swear this movie thinks it's a cautionary tale, but it's um, not, but it's totally, I don't think it is. Plus, and I can't get okay. into spoilers. But I think it totally undercuts its point. If that is its point, right? Its point is, you know, if you are, are a damaged person and you're on the edge and you get drawn into the wrong kind of group, they're going to just twist your mind and, and destroy you. But even within that world, he's the weirdo. Like, they don't really necessarily respond to him like, oh, yeah, man, keep it up. You're, you're on the right track. At, at various points, they're kind of like, they do that somewhat, but then at some points they're like, oh, no, no, dude, that's a little, no, you've gone a little too far there, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I, I know I did not, I, but okay, here's my last thing. 
but I enjoyed watching it. That's why it's a one-star banger. This is one of those movies I liked watching because it's so wrongheaded and it's so ridiculous that it's it's laughably so. So, uh, Bruce, it's one star. Sorry, Eric. It's one star no, banger, but yes. you were fine watching it. Yes. One star banger means it absolutely didn't hit its mark for me. It did the exact opposite of hitting its mark. It does the exact opposite of what it wants to achieve. And that made it entertaining in its own right. Love it. Like The Eric, Room. Do we... The Room does exactly the opposite of what it's trying to do. The Room is not trying to be camp, but it incredibly ends up being incredibly camp. And it's fun be... to watch because of it. Brie Larson was not campy in The Room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Room, whatever. I'm sorry. Cube, the cube. No, you have the right one. Unfortunately, the women, that... the women in my life have rated me uh, a one-star banger as well. So I'm a, I'm a little bit sad <laughs> and a little bit overly sensitive. Yes, Eric, I've... I've uh, interrupted you enough go go for it see i i still saw this as more like a more like a fight club thing like a the the toxic masculinity thing's definitely there like jesse eisenberg's character he was like kind of closeted gay wasn't he that's a spoiler like they, they, they were kind of spoiler uh not no, really they, were... they, they play with it throughout the entire entire yeah thing. they they code that through the entire thing and i thought that was kind of lazy too like that's kind of like the trope right like mm -hmm the big dude like guy that's trying to really lash out against the world yeah. and lash out against homosexual people because secretly shh, secretly it's, it's something's happening there i mean it was kind of so obvious it was like it was but the, the, where like i get everything that you're saying don't know if i agree with all of it but and, you know Fair. Be, being a proud boy myself i'm, I'm uh, yeah, on well, the end <laughs> new, new information kidding. we're in here today totally kidding but uh but like yeah. the, the the way that they brought him into the group and kind of how they it did seem a little over the top, but it also seemed like I could see this kind of thing happening in real life. So like is a cautionary tale definitely works. I don't know how you have fun watching this because like I'm just watching this thing going, oh, crap, what are you going to do next? Oh, no. <laughs> I was laughing. Oh God, you're gonna do that, Jesus! It, Every time like... he said "bro" with that that little bowl cut, fake red hair, yeah. and he had that little like flavor saver that wasn't even like committing. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing but, at him. Like every every choice he made was usually the wrong choice, and then he joins that group, and then that just exacerbates his bad choices. So he's just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and the whole Santa thing, I I I don't know. Oh, oh, that that was great. <laughs> Both of so them. So stupid, though. It's like and like the whole like the the backstory to make you know like you have a character this broken, you expect to get a backstory, right? And I'm not gonna, I guess, spoil the backstory. But the backstory is is worse and less. I just put it this way: <laughs> it's less artificial than the fun backstory we get on Phoebe Cates's dad in gremlins it's just well, like that's a perfect backstory so <laughs> that's what i mean not, not in a, a campy <laughs> in a campy movie where it's supposed to be fun and also horrifying at the same time this one is just a trope they throw into like okay that's why he's so messed up and that's why he hates the santa that's walking around on the side of the street <laughs> yeah maybe but i mean he's kind of he's kind of psychoanalyzing himself at that point and he's not really in a position to be able to do that yeah, uh, and then uh, and then Adrian Brody's the character that's kind of guiding him through that, and he's definitely not the person to be like. It, it, definitely not a great role model. Okay, let's go with yeah. ratings for. Wow, this one's I'm, okay. I'm kinda, our banger I'm kinda, from Bruce. What I'm kind of thinking. You? Well, because Bruce was saying that it doesn't hit the mark. 
I wonder if it hits the opposite mark. Like if dude bros watch this, if it would do like the fight club thing, because I did compare it to fight club, but if it does a fight club thing where like, you're like, yeah, Tyler Durden is like, no, 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 no. That's not what you're supposed <laughs> to take from this. I wonder if uh, Manadrome has a little bit of that. Like if the wrong people see this, they'll take it as uh, not a cautionary tale, but hell yeah, get yours. I created steel and I'll take it back, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to find some and ask him. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just go with my regular. Uh, I'm just probably going to go like three and a half on this. Okay. Cool. That, but that's, now, that's now I got to th- think of it. Now I'm You're recommending worried. the movie, Eric. You're literally yeah, recommending Yeah, but now I'm kind of worried about this movie. <laughs> You're recommending. Okay, so this is a solid recommendation. If you get, Holmes. hey. We're hey, going to leave with this. What? Yes. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, bro. If you get yoke, bro. <laughs> if you get yoke, bro. And uh, you, you don't like them. uh you know, them women trying to tell you how to live your life, bro. Stay the hell away from this movie. Stay so far away <laughs> from this movie. All right. They, they show wieners. You don't want to see wieners, do you? Because you're a man, bro. Dude, bro. Stay away from this movie. This Everyone else, so check it out. Because this is either either you'll watch it like Bruce and enjoy it for some weird reason. <laughs> or you'll be like me and watch it. Just be horrified through the whole thing. Going, Holy crap. What the, who the hell are these people? Well, at least you're recommending it because it was just, uh, I guess, an interesting enough watch for you. So I think that's kind of cool, I guess. So how, yeah. how hard did they have to resist just naming this Uber driver, right? <laughs> didn't they Didn't they want to name this Uber driver? You know, <laughs> Uber dude. Uber dude. So Manodrome, it's in theaters specifically on November 10th. We will maybe have some more Manodrome. Maybe we'll get our Cinematics Facebook group community to, to, for a big special screening of Manodrome because that'll be on demand and on This could get November a Rocky 7th. Horror treatment, I swear. Every time he says no. bro, you gotta like just chug back an energy drink or something. Chest <laughs> bump city! Four loco. You gotta have a four loco and you gotta pump, get a pump curl, curl twice or whatever. I don't know. We've spent so much time on Manodrome. This, I don't know, there's some kind of coded situation. I have no idea why we could keep talking about it. We should have done an entire episode episode on Manodrome. Again, theaters November 10th, on digital and on demand November 17th. Before we go, we have a bunch of recommends. We have a bunch of stuff, but Bruce and Eric, Anatomy of a Fall, that seems like a long conversation. Do you want to table that for next week? Because I might see it, or maybe I might not. Or Bruce, I'm gonna, you're going to be the operator. You're going to be the voter. I mean, it's evergreen. It's worth watching. It's something that'll possibly get some, at least international possible Oscar buzz, I have a feeling. It's a it's a solid movie, and I guarantee that Eric will probably have a lot to say about it too. There's a lot of um, yeah. Well, let's table it for next week because I'm going to see if I can get a screener link, I, and I really want to actually. I will, I will quickly say it's good. Go watch it. It's but, good. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah, concur. That, that's it's a very good. short version. Go watch it. This is and it's one of those movies. If you're really into like like you know Eric's really into like uh, courtroom movies, I'm like okay on courtroom movies, but I think this has a lot of interesting stuff going on. And it's one of those movies that kind of you want to talk about afterwards with somebody. Okay. Yeah. We will table it for next week. I will try to get an Amity an Amityville whore. An, an, <laughs> Amityville. Amityville of a fall. Of a fallyville. No, but anyways, so we'll we'll see. We'll have a longer conversation next week. Sorry guys for kicking it, kicking the can for next week. Let's get to quick recommendations. Eric, you have three. You have I think yeah. you have three. There's a movie called Love Virtually. I think we'll we'll talk about. You know what? We're going to talk about Love Virtually 
and the review your review of it for our second episode. But mm-hmm. what what would you quickly just say to people about Love Virtually if they want to check it out on I believe on digital and on demand, which it's out. Love Virtually is a strange movie. It mostly takes place inside of like a, a metaverse, I guess, like a, everyone's avatars in a computer simulated world sort of thing. And it's a bunch of different. You have uh, some people that are very famous and they use a frumpy avatar so they can know the real me and uh there's a whole story there there's a sherry oteri and steve topolowski they do a uh pina colada song like they're married but they're both having an affair with each other and they don't know it and so there's like a bunch of different love stories in there in this and they all kind of come to a head at the very end and it's all done within within social media or like a avatar version of social media i guess but it, it, it's it's really good i think it might be a little because it, it's I, I thought it was funny but it's not going to have everyone's sense of humor you know that but i think the stories and kind of where it goes and what it says about all that stuff is pretty interesting i would check it out i don't know it if everyone's gonna like it like i would i, I give this four stars Wow. But my my four star might be someone else's. I hated this, you know, just because that's how comedies tend to play out. Okay, so that's four stars for Love Virtually. What else you got for this week? Oh, we also got Your Lucky Day. Basically, a uh, it takes place inside of a, a convenience store, and this old guy, an old middle aged guy, he he's kind of an a hole. And he's kind of thumbs his nose at everyone. He's better than everyone. Uh, but he buys a scratch off t- or a, a lottery ticket and he hits a jackpot. And there's a, another guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Sterling Ang- Angus Cloud, I believe. He overhears this and he's kind of a ne'er do well. And he uh, takes like a, a magazine, puts it over his face, tapes it around his face, pulls his gun out, and goes to. Uh, steal the uh powerball ticket from the old a-hole family show mm-hmm. and then a cop sh- a cop's there a cop ends up shooting the guy that won the ticket and then the cop gets shot so now it's the sterling it's the the guy that's running the guy behind the counter and then a couple and they're all in this in you know the convenience store with two dead bodies one of which is a cop they're trying to figure out what they're going to do because when Sterling says, uh, Hey, you know, you can leave dead or you can leave a millionaire. What do you want to do? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hmm, may, you know what? Maybe I do know a place where we can drop the bodies at. I don't know. And then, so the rest of it's inside this convenience store as they try to figure out how to get out of the situation. And everyone's got there. Some people uh, want to act like they're playing along just so they can get away. Sterling just wants to get away with the money. But the guy that's that's working behind the counter reminds them, hey, guy, uh, we got two dead bodies. How do you think you're going to cash in the lottery ticket? And he's like, oh, yeah, good point. But, uh, yeah, this, this is a really good tight thriller. What, Does it have comedic what, elements into it a, a little bit because of the predicament or not? It's more of a straight up thriller. It, it, it's more it's more heavy. Uh, I mean, there's comedic elements given the situation that they're in because Sterling's such an idiot that's just kind of jumping, you know, he's like, oh, here's an opportunity to get a Powerball ticket. He just doesn't think things through. So there's some comedy there, but mostly I, w- I wouldn't call this a comedy at all, although there are some comedic moments for sure. Um, yeah, Your Lucky Day, which is written and directed by Daniel Brown. Eric mentioned the actors already. It's going to be in theaters November 10th. 
for most people, it's going to be on, available on digital November 14th. Uh, just final. This sounds like an, kind of an interesting movie. Would you recommend? Okay, well, what is your rating and final comments on your I'd probably go, well, actually, I'd probably go four and a half on this. I wrote four, but I'm going to go four and a half on this. Because this is just like one of those, like, I, I don't know how high concept it is, because I kind of explained what it is, but it took a while doing it. But also, I got, you know, goldfish brain, so I, <laughs> I'm not always the, the best at that. But the, the whole situation that they're in takes, like, the first 10 minutes, and then the rest of it is the fallout of the decisions they make from there on out. So it's it's uh kind of you know uh kind of like the mist but without the monsters people in an enclosed area in the situation and they just got to find their way out and you just like you just thought it was really well written or just well performed Is yeah that- well written well done uh didn't take too long you know just kind of got in and out uh who knows it could have been a four hour movie didn't feel like it to me it felt like a you know half hour sixty okay. minutes it felt really quick this is a well go entertainment well go. USA Entertainment release. That's very interesting. I think I might want to actually see your lucky day. And finally, Soulmates. Is that out? I haven't even seen if it's out or not. Or It is, sort of. So Soulmates is directed by Mark Gant, written by <clears throat> Chris Lamont and Joe Russo. Right. I got a uh, Joe Russo sent me a uh, screener link of this and it was out in theaters for a very short time. And I've heard from Joe that it's possible that it could be, could be streaming as early as early December. Okay. And it might still be playing in theaters. So if it is, I would definitely check it out. But if, if you got to wait for a streaming, still check it out. Basically two people wake up. Uh, we got a uh, Jason and Allison wake up and they're handcuffed to each other on a bed. Allison wakes up first and she's like trying to, you know, I don't know this room. I don't know this guy. Why am I handcuffed to him? She's freaking out. Jason wakes up. He's freaking out too. You know how like Saw kind of, uh, they, they have the traps, but there's also like different rooms and stuff that sometimes they'll go from one room to another. That's kind of what this is. And so they, they're able to get out of the bedroom that they're at and then they're down a long hallway. And the end of the hallway, that door opens up and there's a TV and Neil McDonough's on there. And he's like this uh, dating game, game show host. He's like, oh, we found a two couple lovebirds, blah, blah, blah. So now uh, Jason and Allison are going through these different, they progress through these different rooms and they do these dating game style things like, uh, oh, what's, you know, what's your favorite food or what kind of car do you drive? You know, uh, or probably like newlyweds would probably be a better thing because like they're, they don't know each other. So that's kind of how they're playing it. It's like, all right, uh, figure out what car he drives. And she's like, I don't know. Well, you better find out because if you don't, this guy over here dies in a horrible way. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so they're like, oh, crap, oh, crap. Drive a Lamborghini, just say drive a he drives a Lamborghini. Ding 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 ding. And so, like, you know, then they pass that thing, you know, they either die or they don't, and then they go into the next one. And they're basically the different torture rooms are kind of dating game and also kind of them going through a date. So like they'll go through the the meet getting to know you, the meeting stays, the let's go out for a dinner. They have a they have a karaoke part, they have a karaoke part that's so good. <laughs> The ending of this gets a little, uh, uh, there, there's a little manadrome towards the very end. <laughs> the, the movie seems like it ends and then it goes a little further. And when the movie kept, like when I thought the movie was over and it kept going, I was like, oh no, oh no. And then 
the other ball drop or the other shoe dropped or whatever that cliche is that the ending bruce you would probably hate it but also <laughs> love it at the same time but All right. yeah, I, I i would definitely recommend soulmates okay so soulmates what is your rating on it again we're oh. giving a four and a half to this too okay four um, and a half. Wow, okay. it also gets the it also gets the russo bump so okay very good the russo bump. <laughs> but 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 the, this like unlike uh what was the the, the hard kill because i i've got to read a couple of joe russo yeah, scripts kill. and they're yeah. all really good and then like you read the script for hard kill uh or open source and then you watch hard kill and it's like how, how did that script become that movie it doesn't make sense i haven't got to read the script for this yet but this feels like his and chris lamont script actually made it to screen and i'm really excited to see that okay very very good i'm, I'm excited to see soulmate sounds like a very interesting i'm you know i think i missed out on a couple of, of movies this week a bunch of movies especially manodrome with that one star banger and i i definitely <laughs> i definitely want to check out check check out soulmates and also your lucky day but that's it for your recommendations bruce before we get to what's in the box you have one pretty big recommendation this week and i think a lot of people can access it yeah, Netflix has got a movie that just came out, I think, last Friday at, by a week. It's been be out about a week by the time you probably hear this. And that's Nyad, directed by uh, Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai Vasarheli. I hope Vasarheli. And at least Jimmy Chin. I'm not sure if they're both, but Jimmy Chin is behind like uh, Meru and Free Solo and The Rescue. So you think immediately, oh, this is going to be, because it's based on a true story. You think it's going to be a documentary and it's not it's a fictional account of a true story with a few little documentary pieces dropped in especially at the end that kind of thing where you see a bio picture picture and at the end you see the actual footage it definitely has some of that which is for me always nice the basic story of naiad is it's the story of diana naiad played by annette benning bonnie which is like her longtime best friend and you might see it and think like they're dating or they're married uh, a couple but really, it's like they dated like one time, like, you know, 20 years ago, and they've been like best friends ever since, basically that kind of a thing. They don't date each other. And that's played by Jodie Foster. Bonnie is. The other main name that I saw in this was the uh, Reese Evans. Uh, he plays kind of this crusty old uh, navigator in the Gulf area, and he's the guy from Notting Hill, Spike from Notting Hill, if you remember. And now he's like oh. this, uh, he almost looks like this crusty old sea captain in this movie. So what Nyad is is you basically have the story of Diana Nyad. And if you don't know that, she was a real uh, person. Uh, she is a real person. I think she's still alive. And uh, she it is- says here she co-wrote it. Yeah. Or, I, I uh, no, based, based on her book. Never mind. Yeah. And basically the idea is she's this, uh, a long distance, like marathon swimmer. And she got a lot of acclaim uh, in her 20s for doing all these crazy long distance swims. And her final long distance swim she wanted to do when she was 28 is she wanted to do something no one had ever done. And that is- nonstop swim from Cuba to Florida, which is just this crazy, like 50 something hour swim through shark infested waters and all this other, you know, just the elements and everything. Right. And she failed when she was 28. And this movie comes back in when she's about 61. And in real life, this is her real story. At 61, she kind of felt like, you know, she wasn't doing anything and she didn't ever achieve this goal. And she decides she's going to now at 60 plus years old, going to do complete this thing that no one has ever done still. When she's 61, no one has ever completed this swim from Cuba to Florida. It's a pretty fascinating movie. So it's fascinating on two fronts. On the one front, it's fascinating just as a story, just as this like feat, you know, this physical feat. Like how was this 60 
you know, something year old person going to do this thing she couldn't do when she was 28. And what the heck? And the other part that's really great is that they really have a, a really well told character study of both her and Bonnie, her best friend, by two great actors, obviously, you know, you've got two kind of powerhouse known actors. But what's really great about it is Diana Nyad is not presented as this, you know, great, wonderful, easy to love person. And really early on, you have this early scene before she's even decided to do this. And it's her and Bonnie at some party. It's her birthday party. I think she had just turned 60 or 61. And Bonnie is obviously trying to kind of like, you know, hook her up with some interesting woman at the party. And, you know, and she says, go over and talk to her, go over and talk to her. And Bonnie says to Diana, you know, just don't talk about yourself. And then of course, smash cut, Diana just only talks about herself and how awesome she is. She has quite an ego. She thinks she's quite a lot. So they let her be like that and really rubs people the wrong way. And she really has those kind of characteristics you see in a lot of these extreme sports people that have bugged us in some of the other movies, right? It's a really great told story. It's, it's a fantastic adventure. It's amazing to figure out how she does or doesn't actually achieve this feat. And uh, just as a character study, it's great too. So I'd say check it out. A little break out the tissues towards the end, maybe a little heartwarming, that kind of thing, or no? That's well, she's more not of a... a heartwarming kind of character. I mean, the, the circumstances, the, what she achieves. You know, that... I think it's definitely it, it. It it works on that front of like, how in the heck can someone surmount insurmountable odds? It's that kind of a movie, of course. But how do you do that and like a character that's not very likable? So there's there's kind of a double edged sword there. But uh, it's definitely fascinating and a lot of fun to watch. Is this because uh, you mentioned the thing that she's trying, trying to swim from Cuba to Florida? I'm mm -hmm. guessing you could Google that to figure out if she did it or not. Is this kind of like a, a million miles away where, like, whether or not you know the ending, it's like the, it's the, definitely the, the journey. whether or not she makes it is irrelevant it isn't irrelevant but it, it it's it, yeah it's the how she does or doesn't make it and what i'll tell you is that fascinated me and i'll just kind of give this to you so it'll give you a clue um she's ready to make her attempt you know at 61 or whatever it is at about the 25 minute mark of this movie and you're live like what are they going to do for the other hour and oh, okay. 20 minutes or whatever so let's so just be, say it, it'd be like if in a million miles away he made it to space like within the first 15 minutes <laughs> Yeah. It's like, well, so let's now say what? she's on the launch pad and about 25 minutes into this. And I'm like, what the heck are they going to do with the rest of this movie? And then I discovered, I was like, oh, 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 okay. This is, this is really All catching right. my interest. Yeah. Okay. So good movie. Nyad, great acting and just great story. Oh, yeah. Currently, mm -hmm. yeah yep. currently on Netflix. So you guys tell us what you think of Nyad. Now we're closing the show as finally after two episodes, Peter Beta is back. And I'm going to just take it right now. Pete, you and your, oh, 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 I think someone tried to. <laughs> The, I, I heard some sound effects. Who's sorry? Effect? Who did that? <laughs> I hit my microphone arm. That was me. Sorry. That was good. I kind of like that. Maybe we should do that sort of Pete drop Ding, that microphone arm. Pete Abeta from Middle Class Film Class. Thanks again for all your support. And we and all the knowledge. You know, Pete Abeta was dropping some podcasting insightful knowledge from us. Listennotes.com. Thank you, Pete. And there's other stuff. I think we should we can, we can learn a lot from the middle class film class crew. What do you think, Eric? What say you, Bruce? Should we learn from them? Yeah. Well, they watch punishment movies, so we, we can learn not to do that. <laughs> Very Fair enough. And as we learn from our various lessons from that crew, Pete, drop that, Pete. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box?
pain. All right, guys, we are back with the final film for this podcast for cinematics. It's What's in the Box. And our What's in the Box, what is it, Bruce, and from who? Uh, short term 12. I don't know if anyone assigned this one to me. I think this might have been one of those. I I, I might be wrong. Uh, I will know sooner because all the rest of them on my list I put down if someone suggested it to me. Yes. I think this might have been one of yes. those where I just never got around to, to watching it and I hear it mentioned all the time. You're wrong. Um, You're wrong. Okay, tell me who, who short term who so who starts in short term 12? The, the main lead, the male lead. What is it? John Gallagher Jr. Jo John Gallagher Jr. Oh, he suggested it. Okay. And cool. he suggested it. And I asked him about movies and he said, John Gallagher. And you wrote it down. It's just because you've been curating and you have so many freaking movies <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. it's understandable you forgot. But it was a John Gallagher recommendation Perfect. for Short Term 12. Yes. Perfect. Well, this is one of those movies, like I said, I've never watched. I don't know if you both have watched it, but um, I've, I've seen heard, it. I've heard great things about it. And it's one of those movies that kind of feels like homework and I'm not sure what it is. And then I went and checked it out. So anyway... The basic concept of this is you're in kind of this, it's like a home for troubled teens, basically. And the main group, Brie Larson, and I think this might have been kind of a breakout role for her, I'm guessing, because yes. this is from 2012. Mm -hmm. yeah. She plays Grace. Like you said, John Gallagher plays Mason, who's kind of the one of the the male, what would you call them? Like um, caretakers there? Or yeah. they're kind of like the, the staff, but the staff are all pretty young too. And there's her and and Mason and a, maybe one or two other people there. And then a bunch of kids of various ages, probably ranging from, I don't know, 13 to 18, 17, somewhere in that range. The movie starts with a kid just running, like running across the field from this little house where they have all the kids. And they say, you know, you know, if he gets off the property, you can't touch him. And there's this whole thing about that. And they tell this whole story. And you really, really, really quickly discover this is going to be just about these characters in this place and these kids that are just fighting to like, not be broken they've, they've been hurt damaged something's happened in their life and they just need someone to love them they need to find a way to survive and the counselors themselves the uh the staff there themselves are also battling certain demons and it's just one of those movies that has super well-defined characters super simple concept really really well told oh i didn't mention it has a very young keith stanfield before he's lakeith <laughs> they had him in here as keith stanfield and also, um, so there's like two of the kids kind of become the main kids you follow. And he's one of them. And then and he plays Marcus. And then you have Jaden played by a very young Caitlin Deaver, or Deavers, yes. I think it is. Yes. Who we just saw in No One Will Save You. Mm -hmm. uh, and has been in a bunch of things as well. So it was really fun for me to see these actors kind of early on. Rami Malek is in it. Yeah, Rami Malek. Yep, that's right. Stephanie Beatrice from, she's. I think she's done a couple of animated films, but she's basically known for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm -hmm. pretty much an American graffiti. So yeah. murderers roll list of actors in this movie. Beaches, this is one of those movies, speeches. right? Yeah. This is one of those movies where you see those movies where like they all started, they were all young and you know, like they talk about the outsiders and these kind of movies where it's oh, like yeah. all these actors that you didn't know who they were. And then 10 years later, you know, all of them. And needless to say, Brie Larson is just lights out. Amazing. This movie. And it takes a lot of turns. You're not expecting. I, I, this is one of those movies that it's hard to describe what makes it great because it's just human characters in a really engaging story of people trying I, to survive, <laughs> basically. I really love this movie when I yeah. saw it years back. My main thing, if I recall, I was stressed out throughout the entire movie. I don't know if you had that fe same feeling yes. because of what happens. And and you know, yeah. it feels like you have people who really are caring for each other. These people, the staff, they're just so overworked, but 
they're not going to take time off because they're just so dedicated to their job too. It seems like it. It's really felt like a real life. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's also one of those movies where, you know, there's certain situations, I don't know, One Flew for Cuckoo's Nest, something like that, where you have a bunch of people together, you know, that are on the edge and are very fragile, like emotionally and mentally fragile. And this is one of those movies where you're just waiting for the bad shoe to drop kind of going back to shoe dropping like Eric was talking about earlier. So you know or you're afraid something really bad's going to happen. And there's a lot of moments in here where things may or may not happen. And I think that does kind of lead to that tension. But there's also some really great, surprising, tender moments and just super human, not superhuman. <laughs> She's superhuman in other movies, but just very human, very, it's just a really well-written, well-realized human story, I guess. All right. What is your rating, Bruce, on Short Term 12? What's in the box? I guess I'll go four and a half right now. I mean, this could be a five-star movie easily on a rewatch because it's just... I can imagine watching this movie again and just loving the character interactions and the character portrayals. Uh, but it's it's a no-brainer. If you haven't watched this, go go check it out. And it's not homework. This does not feel like homework to watch it. Okay. Uh, this yeah. is the same uh, writer and director as Just Mercy. Yes. Mm. And, and I... I... Eric also did Shang-Chi, but I didn't see that. But Just Mercy was pretty sweet. Yeah, I remember you enjoying it. I think we reviewed it, and I think you really enjoyed Just Just Mercy. If I recall, if I recall, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong. But I remember you saying that you... Courtroom drama, of course I did. Of course, your courtroom (laughs) drama, right? Of course, of course. Bruce, also short-term 12, when you look, it, it feels like homework, but it also feels like the plot is something you've seen a million times before or maybe at a TV, sort of a TV Mm -hmm. movie aesthetic to it. Maybe an even... When we were growing up, after school special message movie. Right. Not. No. What surprises me is I bet you we can figure out a lot of movies just like Short Term 12. But the thing is, all most of these movies are pretty much forgettable. And Short Term 12 just is high above the rest. It's yeah, just one I agree. of them. Maybe I think a lot of it has to do with Brie Larson's character too. Because she, yeah. as we start to unpeel her character, she starts making choices that really worry us really really worry us but also engages us even further than we already would have been if she had just been caring caring generic uh, counselor type it would have been a good movie but because her story is so integral and also a huge arc in this movie i think that is the extra special part to this movie speaking of special part you take short-term 12 and you take room find me two better performances from an act from an actor yeah it's one of it's one yeah. of these things. I mean, it's business and commerce, right? She, she plays Captain Marvel and whatnot. She's going to be in the Marvels. Good on her. She was in one of the Fast and the Furious films. But it's one of these things where I would love for her to do more of these type of films because she can just, she's awesome as an actress. Yeah. So true. All right, great choice, short-term 12. We're ending the show with another movie from the box. What's in the bleeping box? Hey, Which... Bruce, real, real, real quick, what did you give Nyad? Also, oh, what's in the box. I apologize. Um, <laughs> yes. Nyad, you know what? I'm going to give it four and a half. Thank you, Eric yeah. Holmes. All right. And this is a great, that's a great movie to like watch with anybody. That's definitely one of those anybody kind of movies. Like mom, dad, you can probably enjoy that movie. It's just a good human uh, adventure slash human character story. All right. What do we got? What you got, Bruce? I have Bob Le Flambeur. <laughs> suggested you by Nicholas Harvard, which you could probably remember. I don't remember who Nicholas Harvard is, but Nicholas Harvard is a director, filmmaker, yes, he, actor. I forgot what 
movie he directed, but yes, Bob Leflambeur. It is directed, I think, Bob Leflambeur is a movie directed by, oh, what is the name of that guy? I'm just blanking out. He that did he's a Frenchy, French, French. Right. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Bruce. Jean-Pierre Melville. There Bob you go. Yeah, yeah. Yes. French. Frenchy, French, French. Yes. We're, we're going to get more listens over in, in France. Okay. So uh, for, I'm going to call it France just to, just to win over some of the denizens over there. So thank you guys so much for listening to, to Cinematics, episode 215. We will be, uh, I'm going to close the show. Eric, put things in the, certain, you, you want to say any couple things before we get out of here? Oh, uh, we got sound. Wait. <laughs> That's a good sound effect. Okay. Actually, covered a bunch of great ones. Yeah, Manodrome. Obviously, Bruce didn't like it. I thought it was horrifying. Oh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. He enjoyed it. But again. uh, Manodrome, share. Watch share. Share's coming out. Watch that. Uh, watch Soulmates. Uh, whenever if that's available. Love virtually. Your lucky day. Good one. It's a wonderful knife. Gonna watch that as soon as we're done here. So that that'll be yeah. A bunch of good ones this week. All right, Bruce. I, even the bad one. <laughs> the person that gave it the bad review said, "Yeah, go ahead, watch it. It's fun." <laughs> okay, Bruce. Final, final. Uh, not what, bro. An ultimate thoughts, bro. Bro, bro. Oh, what are you doing here, bro? Yes. And go. speaking of uh, Brie Larson, uh, Marvels also come out this uh, Friday. Friday, yeah. and Eric Holmes will be and out there to the see it. The killer comes review. out. The killer comes out yes. on Netflix Friday. Yes, and Eric, that, I'm looking that forward to three times that. in a row. Eric Holmes has volunteered to watch the Marvels, Bruce, this weekend just to review next week okay. on cinematics. Thank have, you. Have fun with that. <laughs> Thank Do you, that. Eric Holmes. Wait, there's no, there's no. There's I, no I will way. take that bullet for you if you want. No, I no, did no, miss short term twelve, so that should be my penance. No, no, Bruce. Did you tell Eric we're we're making we're losing thousands and thousands of dollars just by by doing the podcast? Not another penny in the theaters. Just just you know, we need to save our we need to save our dust material, which you know hopefully what? will turn into pennies. Yes, Eric. Join join us next week for cinematics where I will review the Marvels just for Greg. Oh my god. Oh my. Th- thank you, Eric Holmes. And yes, I am sorry for that. See you next week. The Marvels here. The the Manodrome Marvels are signing up. We'll see you next week. Of course. As Bruce looks in Bye everybody. Thank you for joining Cinematics. <laughs>